gentlemen, for the centuries leading up to 1900, through the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, our smartest people sang the joys of learning, of knowledge, of understanding the world. But John Dewey and colleagues said, nah, all that stuff is overrated. In its place, we bring you ignorance. Ignorance, as Orwell would mockingly assert, is strength. Politically, our educators wanted less religion, less family influence, and less free enterprise. They wanted more socialism, more secularism, more world government, and they wanted to be the true rulers of that government. Education, a new field, was born in the same test tube as another new field, psychology. All the early people studied in both areas circa 1880. Most of them studied in Germany and were influenced by a Germanic Hegelian sensibility which exalts society and denies importance to the individual. To make things worse, all of the foregoing got mixed up with a love for psychoanalytic theory, conditioning techniques, and running rats through mazes. What the psychologists did with rats, the educators wanted to do with children. The crisis continues. Education can be used for two opposite purposes, to liberate or to control. George Washington, Ben Franklin, and all the other founding fathers assumed that education in America would be a tool for liberation. Should have been, could have been. Quite unexpectedly, our educators went the other way. Why did these early educators go wrong? They believed Karl Marx. They studied in Germany and absorbed a Teutonic love of community and herd. They bought into a psychiatric vision which viewed children and rats in kindred terms. They wanted to be nouvers and shakers in a brave new world. They were arrogant pipsqueaks. All of the above, that is my guess. Thus, in 1979, Gene Lyons, a somewhat famous journalist, could write in his bombshell article, Why Teachers Can't Teach that teacher education was a mammoth and very expensive swindle of the public interest, a hoax and an intellectual disgrace. End of quote. In 1983, a government panel issued the famous Nation at Risk report, which contained this wonderfully deadpan indictment. Open quote. If an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might well have viewed it as an act of war. In 1990, journalist Rita Kramer visited some of the best ed schools and wrote a book titled Ed School Follies, noting that what struck her most forcefully was how little the activities in these places had any connection to intellectual ideas or what the children would learn, but everything to do with the greatest new buzzword of all, socialization. To justify the ideas that don't work, our elite educators have become a full-time department of disinformation. A million lies told about phonics would be one example. But let's just glance at the single most prevalent and self-destructive crime of all. In order to help the less smart, we need to stifle the more smart. In conclusion, if you're a socialist, 
or if for whatever reason you want our country weak, you have to feel deeply pleased with the job done by our top educators. Otherwise, you cannot be pleased. Sadly, the crisis will probably continue until we systematically terminate each of the bad ideas put in place by a small gang of conspirators. First step, face the truth. Education in America's public schools is often a twilight zone deliberately created. All we need to take education to another level is profound respect for each student's talents and intelligence and a genuine desire to help each student succeed as much as possible. Addendum. My big theme is that K-12 education is a nasty swamp because A. The PhD educators want it that way and B. The public didn't stop them. Please be more involved with the decline in K-12. I write widely about the problems and what we might do. Take a look at support education reform. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education. But the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff. And that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter, he said. The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site improve-education.org with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.